Welcome to the first non-continuous film of this podcast about a movie so bad, a movie so scummy. Rob Schneider is the good guy, and in a movie about football produced by Happy Madison, absolutely no one says you can do it. My name's Alex Spring. This is episode 62 of They're All Going to Laugh at Him. And I think this is when I introduce myself. My name is Jess Geyer. It has been a long time since we have recorded one of these episodes. It's been a long time since we have sat down to watch an Adam Sandler adjacent movie. Because what do we do in this podcast exactly? We watch every single Adam Sandler movie in a row and talk about its artistic merits and all that type of thing. And yeah, I think the last one was 2020 Halloween, right? Yes, Hubie's Halloween. Halloween. Hubie's Halloween. You're right. Or Hubie Hubie Halloween. I miss Hubie Halloween. Hubie Halloween was a cinematographical masterpiece (laughs) compared to this movie. Uh, Apparently, I'm going to also make up words. Uh, It was, yeah, this movie is not a good movie, but I don't want to spoil too much, Alex. Uh, I want you to tell me about... uh, yeah, about right, so the sand layer first. I th- want to get into that. This is a one-star sand layer film. Um, obviously, as everyone knows, you get a sand layer star for how important it is to the. Uh, what word do I normally use there? It's like a ouvre of a sandler. That's Oeuvre? the word. Ouvre, yeah. Um, this one was made by Happy Madison. It did like kind of star his wife. Um, yeah. And had a lot of family in it, but like. Adam Sandler's not in it. He didn't write it. He definitely wasn't actually there for any of it. Um, yeah, I'm but- actually surprised. Not that he didn't have a part in it, but I'm surprised that Kevin James himself didn't have more a part in like the writing and producing of this movie because it felt so much like just a Kevin James vehicle. It is, and... The directors have never directed anything of importance before. The writers are uh, someone I've never heard of. And uh, Chris Titone, which is the nephew of Adam Sandler's wife. Not, I, I don't want to like say it's referred to her as Adam Sandler's wife. She's a Titone. Yeah, Jackie Sandler, nay uh, Titone, yeah. But like that's why I was saying it in that way. Um, and he's had a lot of bit parts and stuff. Uh, but it's obviously like not good enough to actually have a big role in movies. Um, and he's, I mean, he's also not good enough to write them. So I would, let's bring him back to those bit parts. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't think, I don't know if Kevin James has actually written anything in his life. I assume. Uh, you know what? I, I, I don't know. It is actually hard to say. Um, also, since our last podcast, they changed IMVD, and it's so much worse. It is a lot worse. I'm noticing it's really funny to see how the top cast is billed here because Kevin James is not at the top of it. Here's the thing. Is Kevin James is only in the rest of caps. Yeah, <laughs> like it's hard to find him. Um, actually, most of the people who were like good in this movie aren't shown in the top cast. Um, yeah, that's that's true. Um, you know, there, we, we spent a lot of time during this podcast, like really defending Adam Sandler. And I mean, I feel like I left mm-hmm. our last run of this really being a fan of his, really appreciating his work. But, you know, the major criticism that 
he gets is that he just makes movies so his friends can be in movies. And I think, unfortunately, this movie does that. Because uh, I'm looking at the cast here. I mean, his yeah. wife is in it. His wife is a, a, a fine actress. She's fine. Um, Rob Schneider's in it. Um, but also, uh, Chris Titone Chris uh, is the writer. So like you said, uh, Jackie yeah. Sandler's nephew. And uh, Chris Farley's uh, younger like brother. brother. Yeah, <laughs> he's in a lot of bit part stuff. Uh, he sh- he's the like shockingly blonde guy in a lot of... Uh movies um and like his part as a ref it, it was not egregious or anything um no. I'm, it was I'm pretty wondering... funny at times um but also the other ref was way more entertaining mm-hmm. see i i don't want to like start by digging so hard into this but, yeah uh, yeah but i'm gonna do it anyway uh a i'm gonna point out uh kevin james wrote paul blart Paul Blart 2, Zookeeper, and Here Comes the Boom. He wrote those. He wrote those. Yeah. Four of the worst movies we had to watch. Um, Also, the movies with the most Joe Rogan in them. He watched Joe Rogan. Yeah. Did they actually have Joe Rogan? Or was it the other dude? In Zookeeper, Joe Rogan was in it. Joe Rogan was, yes, he was. Oh, my God, I forgot about that. (gasps) Oh, my gosh. So, I don't want to, like guess this but every person in this movie was part of happy Madison, and you you have to remember happy madison well adam sandler is probably uh, obviously the strong force in it it's so big that it's not just him running the whole thing it is an actual corporation at this point um this is this is an alan covert movie through and through and all the right-wing buddies got together like that's just what it seems like right yeah, because it's I, like it, it really does him, Kevin James, Rob like Schneider. That. That's like all all they do. Uh, everyone knows I've been a big Alan Covert stan uh, throughout this entire podcast. God, that came that dude sucks ass. <laughs> oh man, he's just such a little bitch. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> I don't. What is it? What I don't oh, understand. I and he, dude, COVID broke his mind. He just gets into fights with people on Twitter uh all the time now i had to unfollow him because he's just like like you're never gonna be anything to like a like a three follower twitter person who's like you're a chud lol and he like loses his shit and i'm like dude you're such a little baby you'd think you could uh take a joke uh, but yeah. that's that's disappointing because i know how much you like him mm-hmm. um yeah, but what i don't do is uh form relationships with people in movies because that is uh weird and you shouldn't do that so it didn't really affect me yeah uh, i mean that that's also fair <laughs> uh, i want to shout out though uh jared sandler by far the best person. oh yeah yeah jared sandler was the best in this movie you, do you, wait before we get into yeah. the rest of this because i do want to talk about it more uh i do want to like really discuss why this movie is so bad instead of just saying that it's bad because i don't want to just make this a dumping ground for our hatred of yeah yeah Kevin of James. Course. why um, don't you tell me how many times you laughed because it's an embarrassing amount i want you to guess first y- you laughed nine times it was 13 oh it was 13 um, oh i was gonna guess 10 but I, I decided to go low yeah uh i think that might be the lowest of any movie uh just about it, like this is <laughs> you, you have to remember uh there's movies 
like I think Joe Dirt 2 I laughed like 18 times at and that's what I've been calling oh, the God. worst movie I've ever seen <laughs> this movie is better than Joe Dirt 2 but like it's in no way good it's just you know differentiating how horrible it is um yeah kind of one of those barely a movie movies I I want to point out before we do this oh also I don't think we ever said it. the movie's called Home Team yeah Home Team Home Team it's a very bad title so we watched this movie. It came out today. I'm going to point out. It's been out for less than 18 hours. Um, if it came out at midnight, I just assumed it, it did. Yeah, I came and home from work and we basically immediately started watching it. I want to point out that this movie is not on the front page of Netflix, not in the top 10, not in the recommended. It is. <laughs> Netflix knew what it got and they went, fuck. I, I actually wonder if. Because they had to deal with Happy Mass and Productions to make movies. I wonder if this is one they just fucking shat into there real quick. Because they're like, ah, <laughs> shit. We're contractually <laughs> obligated to get four movies by 2022. We need, Kevin, we, need to, we need to get the only people who are anti-vax and anti-mask. They're the only <laughs> ones who are going to do it. <laughs> I imagine if they're like, I'm saying, they're just like, I don't care about not getting paid. And Alan Corbett's like, no, we're going to make the movie. Well, the, uh, the the funny thing is, I don't think that like I we'll get to that too, but I don't think that Jackie Sandler was actually ever in a room, like ever inside. A lot of these scenes were shot outside. Oh yeah, she every time there's a scene with her inside, she is not near anyone. It doesn't um, look like it, at least. We cannot confirm, but that is our yeah. assumption. But let's uh let's do a quick summary. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh wait, do you want to guess how many times I cried? Oh, uh, Te- technically, cried- the um yeah, for the audience out there, this movie is technically. You know, about a father-son relationship. and Was it good, though? <laughs> and, like, you know, it's it's stressed and, like, you know, that's the thing that really gets to me, right? Yeah, I mean, you cried zero times. It was yeah, not a movie with any emotion. Uh, and kind of also, I was going to say this, too. Some of the laughs that you got during this movie were soundtrack-related. Yeah, every time country music played, I laughed. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was four of them. Um, and then twice it was due to them eating. Um, <laughs> and once it was because uh, they 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 changed history so much it made me laugh. Um, yeah, yeah, because so, this is actually a movie based on a true story, right, Alex? Oh, yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. Yes, this is based on a true story, but we'll get into that. Let's summarize. Well, yeah, this is where we are, where we are getting into it. So the movie opens with the 2010 Super Bowl, like actual footage from the 2010 Super Bowl where the Saints won, uh, and they use real footage, but they've superimposed Kevin James over the top. <laughs> right, this was two of my laughs. The first time they superimposed Kevin James over Sean Payton, uh, because Sean Payton's like pretty athletic looking. I mean, for whatever, he's just like a dude. Um, it was super funny. But then they showed a picture of him earlier, and it's just the younger Kevin James who is just like real uh, mall cop era Kevin yeah. James. And you're just like, that guy is not Sean Payton. He's not, not him. He's not this <laughs> giant doofus speller. Oh, man, that got me. Uh, it that was it. It still makes me laugh thinking about it. Um. Anyway, so then, uh, they give us the name of the movie, and they tell us finally, yes, it is based on a true story. And then we flash forward two years after that, so 2012, and um, 
we see Peyton doing his thing in his office, being a bad boss. Uh, apparently, the only woman who works in his like the only other woman in this in this movie is incompetent. Um, played by Chloe Feynman. I have thoughts on that later, which I'll get to. Um, and he I, I is. I want to point out she was an intern for two years at the. Yeah, was she an intern? Was she an actual secretary? They never really explain her role. She is titled Intern Emily, and she's there for over a year. So that's a pretty shitty internship. Pretty bad. Yeah, pretty bad. Um, anyway, he is, um, he gets embroiled in his own scandal, the Bounty Gate scandal, which uh, is, again, this is the real thing that happened. Sean Payton got uh apparently he was or was involved in allegedly etc uh paying players to injure other players which is really shitty to do <laughs> and i don't uh, even know anything about football i i'm gonna we're gonna go over this because i yeah. think this is matters for the story told uh later but i just want to point out that this this part's true this happened yeah this is he actually got suspended for a year for this yeah all of the general premise of the movie is true um, so, uh, he's banned from coaching until things are cleared up. Uh, this he, is... He, he's banned from one year from the, uh, from the NFL and specifically can't talk to anyone on the Saints about coaching. Yeah. Anyway, he then, I guess, decides since he has no work to do, he's going to go to Argyle, Texas, where his son plays football for the Warriors. And this is a sixth grade football team. So these are 12 year olds, right? Uh, the coach of the Warriors is Taylor Lautner, and I never really caught his actual name. Nope, I didn't either. Um, Taylor Lautner of uh, <laughs> of Grown Ups Two fame. That's what well, he's best known yeah. for. <laughs> uh, he's great in it. I'm sorry. I, I love Taylor Lautner. I love Taylor Lautner. I think he's really funny. Um, I, 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 I am, <laughs> IMDb does not have his name for this movie. <laughs> really? That's great. Yeah. Uh, um, I didn't catch it. So. <laughs> and the assistant coach, I swear to God, because they didn't really show Kevin James like actually like anywhere here. Like it was a weird scene transition. I thought that this was a flash forward in time, and now Kevin James's character was an old man. Uh, no, it was just Kevin James's brother. Um, basically, yeah. Well, I'll talk about the assistant Eddie coach Valentine. later. Eddie um, Valentine. Eddie Valentine. You might remember him. Gary, as... Gary Valentine. Gary Valentine. Sorry. Uh... Eddie Valentine's a cooler name. That's why I thought it was that. Uh, mm -hmm. He was the other drunk doofus in uh, Paul Blart Mall Cup. Uh, Saul Gunderman, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he basically plays Paul Blart in this movie, though, well, no, except no, an uh, alcoholic. Sorry. In, in number two, he's Saul Gunderman. In the first one, he's just someone else. Yeah, he's the like the... Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Don't want to mix up our... Uh, it doesn't really cameras. matter. He has literally no influence on this movie at all. But um, the Warriors themselves, they're, they're just kids. They're messing around on the field. They're a bad team. They're not synchronized. They can't even count out right. And uh, we barely get introduced to any of them. But some of the major names are Connor, who is Peyton's son. Uh, there's Harlan, who is the kicker. There is... See, I can't even remember any of the other Number names. Number 10. But, and Marcos, Marcos, who's a really, uh, he's the actual only good football player on the team. Yeah, I was, I was just gonna say, like, he's most of them are defined through their, their fathers in the stands who get more yeah. lines than them. I think. Yes. Um, Kevin James, uh, while he's staying in Argyle, he's staying at a hotel. Um, and that's where we get to meet the hotel front desk clerk, who is the funniest character in the movie, played by Jared Sandler. 
Um, I don't know how they transition to this, but we get to the first actual game for the Warriors. It's a home game. Uh, and this is where you laughed a lot because <laughs> that country song that talks about people liking trucks comes up. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> come on. It's so funny. <laughs> As Kevin James is pulling into the driveway uh, or the parking lot, of the stadium and there are all these of course it's texas everyone has a truck except for him he has an expensive small car um we see in the stands we see rob schneider and jackie sandler they are sharing a snuggie in the stands and yeah they're playing connor's mom and stepdad and uh it's apparently peyton's first time ever meeting connor's stepdad which seems like a bad parent move and uh, Rob Schneider, he's playing a man bun wearing hippie kind of dude. Like every stereotype of a hipster you could possibly imagine from like 2010, like very old stereotypes and tropes. Anyway, uh, the Warriors. Yeah, I, I want to point out, uh, at least at the start, <laughs> um, Rob Schneider plays. He's trying to play like a shitty lib hippie and stuff yeah in the beginning he's just like a perfectly reasonable normal dude with nothing wrong and i'd say i'd argue he kind of continues to be that but uh like he's fine nothing <laughs> they There's... really try to shit on him a lot and they're like yeah they like, try huh? to make him seem like a bad dad and a bad husband all this time but like literally he's a very supportive husband and stepdad um, and I will point out for the real life uh, narrative, uh, they actually get divorced in 2012. And they being Peyton and Jackie Sandler's character. Yes, uh, in real life. Uh, and then she does not remarry. So this he's is a made a, up. He's just a, a he's character. A he, he's a made up character so they can make fun of libs. Uh, just and now we can continue. Right. Okay. Well, anyway, uh, at this home game, the Warriors, they're so bad that apparently there's a rule. I keep saying apparently. There is a rule where if the other team hits 40 points, they turn off the scoreboard. And this happens during the film. And there's a moment where Kevin James kind of scoffs at this, saying, like, uh, like they're not helping anyone's feelings or anything like that. Um, but the team. I don't remember. Is it in this game? It's not in this game. They they go to another game. The transitions in this movie, they're all punctuated by a bad jacuzzi in the hotel. It, I don't Yeah, so instead of actual <laughs> transitions, uh, just Kevin James can't sleep because there's a jacuzzi that makes water noises. Like, that is the worst thing in the world. Which never uh, gets paid off. Yeah, uh, joke never comes from that. No. We were all hoping for it. Um, I was, I was, I was holding out absolutely no hope. But anyway, yeah, they because, go. They... I was gonna say because there's no joke with it, it's so hard to tell when those scenes come. Yes, there's also another transition too where, he... no, that's coming up. Anyway, uh, the team in a new, in another game they actually get a touchdown. Marcos scores a touchdown, and they all celebrate, uh, even though they lose terribly. And afterwards, as Peyton is in like a TGI Fridays, alike. Uh, Taylor Lautner comes and visits him as he's sitting in this restaurant and asks Peyton to be the offensive line coach. Am I right about that? Offensive coordinator. Offensive coordinator. And uh, Peyton agrees very reluctantly because he knows that his steps, uh, his son doesn't like him. 
which I forgot to mention, his son hates him because he's never come to any of his games and has moved away and is way more concerned about coaching. Like, it's... The, okay, I'm going to continue wait, wait, wait. before no, I rant. I, I, I want to stop you there. The son does not care at all about uh, him not coming to the games. He has just been an absent father. Yeah. At no point does Connor say, like, you've never seen me play football. He doesn't give a shit about football. He's probably, you know, only playing because his dad's, you know, one of the most famous coaches in the world, but whatever. I guess. They do show several times that Peyton, or Peyton, Connor is a, a good teammate, helps people up off the field and stuff like that. They just don't follow through with any of the characterization in this movie. Yeah, they tried to not shit on a literal child who's yeah. real. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, Peyton agrees to join the team as the, co- as the offensive coordinator and uh, tries to shape them up. Um, but despite giving them a new playbook, and working with them and stuff like that and after a montage uh they get their butts kicked by their te- their across town rivals the porcupines uh i don't want to call it a montage that would really damper what a montage is it's like two scenes where they run yeah 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 i i love montages they did not <laughs> put a montage in this movie yeah they tried um Anyway, at at the same time, they get their butts handed to them by the porcupines. Like, it's during, it's like right before that game that he finds out that he can't go back as a coach before the actual football season. Yes, he lost the NFL season. Yeah. Uh, The NFL Uh, was already four or five games deep at that point. They just only made one reference to it. Yeah. Dan, Dan Patrick, who has been in like four other Adam Sandler movies, by the way. Uh, mentions on his show that they got their first win. Yes. Yeah, they do do that. Um, I I thought it was especially shitty that they had the kids in the background yell, like, uh, he's the best, not guilty, things like that. Very yeah. shitty. But anyway, uh, they, they suck. They don't understand any of the plays. Um, so in a very abrupt scene, he shows them how to... Um, play football through the power of tortilla chips and salsa and uh hot sauce on a table and all this stuff it's bad um, and then they make references to it for the rest of the movie by the way we're like 50 minutes in but yeah, this, this felt is... like two hours because it felt like it was the end was... of the movie um but yeah uh they you, you pointed out during the movie but they like they went from like who doesn't understand this to they're already eating dinner at a taco place, which they'll revisit twice. The food truck, yeah. Uh, well, kind of, because it's a closed off road, so it's not a food truck. Um, because there's benches in the street, but it's a confusing place. Yeah, it's obviously it's very a set, but uh, anyway. Yeah. The uh, they just cut from like who doesn't understand this, and everyone raises their hand to. They have a bunch of food laid out, and he's, like, explaining it to them, and then they all, like, get it because it's food, but, uh... It's food, yeah. But they miss, like, 12 steps, so it's way more confusing and doesn't make any sense. It's... It entirely doesn't make sense. There are also two subplots that are introduced and only semi-resolved during this scene, and, I, again, I could not actually... Even though we we just got done watching this movie, I could not tell you exactly where they begin and end. What subplot? I don't even know these. Side plot one is where the football mom tries to seduce him. 
Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, gumbo plot. Gumbo plot. Um, and then there's the other side plot where the kicker Harlan, uh, who's like the he's a cute little kid, he's very precocious, but he sucks at kicking during games, but he's really good in practice because he's getting distracted by a pretty girl in the sands, played by Sonny Sandler. Uh, and they Ooh, take I him to go. I don't think she ever actually was on set for this. No. Yeah, it's, no. it's very clear. He doesn't she was actually not interact with anybody. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they they try to get him to serenade her to <laughs> Fun's song "We Are Young," which was popular in 2012, but it's very different today. It's it's a 10 year old song. Um, but again, uh, not a huge bearing on the plot, except for well, I do want to point out they like. They throw in, so during this, the coaches send the kids to go sing in front of this woman's house. Uh, they get the they, house wrong. Yeah, th- that's why I said woman. And then they turn around and the girl's there. And then they accidentally lit a tree on fire, uh, which falls on her mom's car. And she says, how are you going to get to work tomorrow? And then the mom cries and says, I won't. I'm getting fired. Then it cuts away. Nothing oh, else. The mom says, "I'll walk." She doesn't no, say no, she's getting fired. No, she says, "I." She says she's getting fired. Absolutely. I don't remember that. No, she says, I, "I." I don't know how I'm. I'm going to get fired. I remember it specifically. And either way, in Texas, you can't walk. That's okay. Yeah, fair. Okay. They they do not have sidewalks. Um, I, know. I lived there that year. <laughs> you did live there that year. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, there it's completely nonsensical anyway they um they end up winning all the rest of their games although they don't really explain it there's just one game that they actually show and that game involves them vomiting out a bunch of the weird health food that the stepdad had made um which was you know featured predominantly in the trailer but they ended up winning all their other games so they can face off again they won that game too they, uh, yeah, they did win that one too. Mid-play, were vomiting on the enemy players. <laughs> Which uh, I feel win. like should have disqualified them. <laughs> like, all right, so there is a precedent set uh, in The Replacements where, <laughs> where the one guy vomits, <laughs> but... Uh... There's a precedent set. No, shut <laughs> up. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> yeah, anyway. I hate that they just copied that. Uh, but they made it worse. I mean, they made it more. Yeah. They pumped it up. Also, I want everyone to just, if you have Netflix, skip to that point in the movie and look at that CGI vomit, because it is so bad. <laughs> like, they've really gone the wrong direction with uh, vomit physics. It was pretty gross. Don't watch it if you don't like vomit. I Who likes vomit? Don't watch it if you will get sick. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, like, I didn't find it very gross because it was so, like, animated it was like very animated but the way that they employed it was gross to me yeah um although one of my laughs one of my general laughs was when alan covert the ref vomits his whistle whistle. that that part was good it got me so yeah that, that was pretty good uh anyway they get to show um they get to go to the championship to face off against the porcupines again uh in 
in this in the final game of the season. It's the championship, and Peyton is running the entire team ragged. He's changed up everything. He's taken the bad kids off the team, and he's making the offensive line also be the defensive line. It's very confusing to me. That's actually, yeah, it's it's worse than that. He makes his wide receivers play defensive line because uh, the their D-line's not good enough, so those kids are just, like, absolutely destroyed by halftime because they've played every single play. Their kick returner is a wide receiver, or sorry, is also the running back who plays defensive line. Like, the the guy's gonna die. Yeah, they are very sweaty and tired in the locker room, and they say so. Remember, these are 12-year-olds, right? They're 12-year-old children. Um, and they do not have actors who look like they're older. They look like 12-year-olds. They do look like 12-year-olds. Um, and Connor kind of has, like, this tense halftime showdown in the locker room with his dad, like, just basically saying, like, like you suck. <laughs> like, why are you doing this to us? And uh, his, his, uh, Peyton threatens to bench his own son. Um, and Taylor Lautner kind of like, uh, like, okay, come on, let's get out of here. Uh, he's been, Taylor Lautner has been essentially sidelined as a coach at this point, uh, which they do point out in the movie, uh, cause now Peyton has taken over both the offensive coordination and the defense. Um, and he's making all these decisions, uh, without any other person's input. Uh, but... The, the team's winning. The team's doing really good. But then he, he thinks about it. He looks over at his son. And Taylor, Taylor Lautner says something to him. I don't remember what it is. Because they're trying to make it emotional. But it's not. And he decides to put the defensive line back in. And also, he lets Harlan make the final kick. Even though it would just tie the game if he got it in. And Harlan gets up there. And then he sees his crush. Who's cheering him on. And you hear a marching band version of We Are Young play. And it's supposed to be very cheesy slow-mo. There goes the football. And he misses. And he hits the scoreboard. And there's a big fireworks uh, thing as the scoreboard supposedly malfunctions from the kick. And then the scoreboard shuts down. Which uh, fulfills the prophecy that not only would they beat the porcupines, which they don't, but that they would shut the scoreboard down. Like in the beginning, but they celebrate uh, because in the end, winning's not everything. And in the end, Peyton has everything that he wants because he's got his coaching job back and his son loves him and he can coach again. And we're shown off the end of the movie. We're ushered out by the real coach, Sean Peyton, the actual coach in real life in a terrible wig. Yeah. <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> playing a janitor and and he says something like the saints the team sucks without you which is the biggest i wrote self suck i wrote this movie is just sucking his dick is what i wrote yeah um yeah I, and self suck work and kevin james puts his second place trophy for the warriors down next to his super bowl trophy the end credits and then a picture of actual coach peyton with his son yeah, okay, and that's the um, movie. Can I tell you, somehow, th no, th this is insanity. This movie somehow portrayed Sean Payton worse than he actually is, even though Sean Payton obviously okayed this movie to make himself look good. You know... Would, would you believe that? I, I mean, I... 
it's hard to say yes because I I think that the actual coach pay like paying players to injure other players in a sport where injuries can ruin someone's life yeah. in a sport where like concussive brain trauma has led people to suicide that's the worst thing i can think of a coach doing yeah um so for for what bounty gate is i'll, I'll start with that it, it is literally they were paying players to injure other players or knock them out of games or knock them out of plays they would get money if they got hits on people to get money um they were offered up uh, i think like one of them was like five grand to uh uh injure aaron Rodgers. uh but it was mostly like quarterbacks or like skilled players um i remember all they needed for that was a pandemic yep (laughs) but uh they absolutely injured a lot more players than normal during this time uh sean Payne let it happen it was the brainchild of their defensive coach but uh in this time for context Sean Payton's team, the Saints, were offensive powerhouses and their defense sucked ass. So in order to win, he brought in a coach who just paid the players out of their own pockets. Also, they didn't even give them real bonus money. They made the players put money into a pool and paid it out to uh, people who got the big hits, which is like... Yeah, right? It's not even fucking worth it. So not only is it, like, very unethical and bad, but it's also labor exploitation at the (laughs) same time. Yeah, um, and then they all swore under oath that they didn't do it, uh, and then they're like, well, we looked at your emails, and you said you did it. Um, and they're like, oh. Um, but anyway, uh, so one of the things is, Sean Payton cannot run a defense to save his fucking life. Um, and, hey, guess what? He actually is not that great of an offensive coordinator either. Drew Brees just played for him. Is Drew Brees also just a piece of shit? Yeah, but... uh. He's uh, the spokesperson for a multi-level marketing scheme, if you didn't know. Um, but, like, he, he, he wasn't very good anyway. Um, but, like, not that the football really matters. I just think it's funny that, like, Sean Payne isn't even... I mean, yeah, he's an NFL football coach, so obviously he's better than 99.999% of people at football. But, like, whatever. He's... He's not good enough to make a fucking middle school football team win. Yeah, but uh, apparently he actually did. So, uh... well, no, he, yeah, I don't. He didn't. Yeah. In real life, he lost that game, but worse. Oh, really? Yeah, he lost that game way worse. That team fucked him up. And oh, this is the side, <laughs> the other part. In real life, he was a bigger shithead. He didn't go and call his defensive coordinator from the Saints to help him break down the plays. He sent someone to film their practices, gave that film to the defensive coordinator because he couldn't figure out a way to stop them. The defensive coordinator told him what to do, and they still lost just by not as much. Okay, so wait, you're saying that the movie makes Downplayed. him- yeah. Downplays, okay, but originally you said that the movie makes him more of a shithead. That's why I was confused. I think he's, because uh, in real life, he was like, yeah, I did the, I went there and was like, it's all about having fun. All I care is about the kids. We're just having a good time. Blah, blah, blah. In this movie, he's a sh- bastard to his own child and an uh, absolute dickhead who can't deal with the fact that he's losing. Like, in real life, he was well-liked, kind of. Um, part of that is a lot of goodwill he was given because he 
went and coached the Saints directly after Katrina, and everyone kind of was pushing for him. Um, then they learned when he won the Super Bowl, he was, you know, purposely injuring people. <laughs> yeah. yeah, wow. Um, yeah, that's that's one of the things that I really disliked about this movie. Like, I could let, like, the kind of Bad News Bears style, you know, football story slide. Even I mean, with... I love hardball. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I could let a lot of that slide. I could let a kind of bad sports movie slide. There's a lot of bad movies that we've watched doing this podcast that I've, you know, given a lot of the benefit of the doubt to. But the fact that this movie's lesson, like if you were to learn a lesson from watching this movie, the lesson is not good. I mean, in the end, he lets the team, lets quote unquote the team lose so they can all have fun. But that happens so late in the final game that there's really no emotional payoff for that or thematic payoff for it. And if you really examine it, the movie shows that being a hard ass, not caring about the emotions of your team, really having an inflated ego and really buying into that ego wins and that's what matters and that's what i mean i mean let's uh let's say what it is is this is a movie uh that is right-wing propaganda um yeah and i have a lot of data to set that up for um how about how about this what do you think that football team's real name is I know this already because when okay. we watched the trailer, uh, I looked it up. It's the Liberty Christian Warriors. Yeah, um, and let me tell you, their uh, their slogan isn't Warrior Pride. It's weird that they picked Warrior Pride as their slogan that they put on all their shirts. There are a lot of adjectives that you could put in front of Pride right now, Alex, and very few of them are cool. So <laughs> I'm just saying, like, it's weird to me that they chose to go with Warrior Pride instead of anything close to the real thing, um, which is where everyone belongs, I believe, or something, or we all belong. Um, but I will point out that the school he went to oh. is one that uh, specifically says, like, at our school, we want to make some things clear. And one of them is that Jesus is our Lord and Savior. Vir Mary was a virgin at birth and some other things like they're ex they're a extremely Christian school um which they hide on purpose because yeah they they definitely don't showcase that at all in this movie they do not mention that it is a Christian uh school and the only hint that you get is the team that uh like one of the teams that beats them is called like the Saint Martin Saints and if you are not a public school, you would be playing with other private schools, right? So that's the only hint, really, that uh, that they would be a Christian school. Yeah. Um, but, uh, like, Christian stuff aside, obviously, Kevin James makes Christian movies. Um, we've talked about that before. In yeah. Was it Here Comes the Boom when Here they comes all pray the randomly? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Uh, they, they hid that part. Um, but like, man, there was like. A, there, there's the the only theme I notice in uh, this movie was uh, once I'm going to Google the word so I can see how to. Uh, uh, say it. 
uh, is that they are against. Ah, oh, shit! Is it against or for? They are uh, against miscegenation. Is that the correct way to say that? Yeah, I don't know where you're getting this from, but please explain. I, yeah, you said uh, it right. Miscegenation. They, they shame a black woman for coming on to Sean Payton. They specifically uh, make all the love lines uh, like white people like white people and Hispanic people uh, are, you know, attracted to Hispanic people and they continue that. And they continue this by giving like Sonny Sandler a Hispanic mother in this, even though her actual mother is in the movie, you know, I, as I a mean, white person. It was vague. I, Ethnically I w- ambiguous is what I would say. I I don't know because she didn't have any sort of like intelligible anything. Mm. All right. I I think they. But yeah, that was the read that I. Said. That's the read yes. I got off of it too. Um, yeah. But like the whole section where they have, oh god! So they use the word gumbo instead of sex when talking about sex with a black woman. Gosh. Uh, which would make more sense if they were in New Orleans, where, you know, Sean Payne lives. But instead, they're in Texas, which is fine. But, like, they make it into, like, it, it's supposed to be a joke, but it's mostly Sean Payne's, like, grossed out by it and, like, won't be part of it. And even his, uh, her son was like, yeah, get out of here, dude. Um, And you're just like, dude, this is horrible and like bad but like let's not point out that kevin james was on the receiving end of it i know he's supposed to be like a rich famous guy in the movie but like this dude's a fucking slob who uh apparently doesn't have a wife for a number of years in this movie like why why wouldn't he be interested in any woman ever yeah she was like like really into him um i found that whole scene to be incredibly incredibly cringeworthy because <laughs> the entire time like just the way that that actress like talked i don't know if that's how she with that like it was like a very over the top kind of like texas southern drawl kind of accent but the way she was acting and speaking together reminded me of curly's wife from the of mice and men movie yeah so much <laughs> and and that is a like if you are trying to be fair to women at all that is not what you should be going for if you are not portraying that character with sympathy and that character is not portrayed it the in this movie that character is not portrayed with sympathy at all um, um i also want to point out <laughs> that they so like this is another side plot that was brought up and resolved without any in between. Um, this character's mother goes to Sean Payton and says, uh, I'm a single mother because my husband just ran away uh, one day. Uh, and now my son is afraid of contact in football. Uh, and then she says, I need like... I don't. I don't know what she's like. So I'm gonna try to bang you because my son is like a a coward. I don't get it. Yeah, I don't get what, it either. What the like? Really? I guess they're saying like, th- this is what happens to children if they don't have fathers. Yeah. Um, I guess. And of course, you know, they make a point of the only kid with an absent father in the movie, even though Sean Payton's son is fucking great at football. 
Yeah. Like, although I guess he actually has he, a good father because he has a father stuff, figure. Uh, yeah, he's fine. Um, although he, they'd like try to make him hate his stepdad, but his stepdad's fine. His stepdad is fine. Uh, especially for a character played by Rob Schneider. Well, <laughs> like, right, well, the worst thing that that dad does is makes treats that accidentally make everybody sick. Uh, he overshares a little, and at one point, something he says is tried to be played as a uh, like uh, transphobic homo- joke. Yeah, they make a homophobic and a transphobic joke both. Yeah, um, but like it falls so flat, I had trouble telling what they meant. Yeah. Uh, Probably because they didn't know what they meant. Um, no. But yeah, uh, let's continue on uh, the Rob Schneider's character, yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah. So let's start with uh, the book he's reading in the stands, which they... <laughs> which, like, the fact that they go this deep to try to make him look like a loser is hilarious to me. So he's reading the book 1776, um, which... Is a really weird choice for that character for several reasons. Now, reason number one why that would be a weird choice for that character to be reading is that because, like I said, he's been shown to be like a very crunchy, spiritual, hippie type, right? He's he's meditating in one in one scene. He talks about like transcendental med- meditation. He talks about being vegan. He talks about all that kind of stuff, right? Um, but. 1776 is a it's a historical book by David McCulloch about it's it really focuses on like military stuff of of the Revolutionary War, mm-hmm. which is not that's pretty antithetical to a hippie lifestyle, right? Which is traditionally nonviolent and all of that. Yeah, they they don't know the difference between like a liberal, uh, a Democrat, and like a hippie leftist. Um, yeah. So, like, this book has, like, full maps and colored illustrations of the battles and the, uh, of where they took place and where, uh, and, like, took old British engineering maps and, like, put them in the book to explain what was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is something they're like, oh, look at this lib reading about how America was founded. Um, and they only did it because, uh, as you were telling me, the author, called trump a piece of shit right <laughs> maybe i was like, assuming that's a- that that's why yeah because it's like he like doesn't talk about politics uh but except when in the 2016 ele- election he said that uh trump has a monstrous ego he's a monstrous person with a monstrous ego something like that yeah. um yeah it's just a really weird choice both for the character like in fiction and also if they were trying to make fun of libs that's a weird book choice they could have done if I were making this movie and I were one, I, I were them and I really want to be like, haha, let's stick it to him. I would give him, you know, there's, there's, I guess they, <laughs> it's supposed to be set in 2012. They probably couldn't think of any books that are like critical race theory from 2012 because they don't actually know what that means. Yeah. I mean, like, here's what you do is I know it's 2012. You still have him on his fucking Blackberry or whatever and make him not pay attention to the game. That's how you make a, make yeah. them care about other things. Say football's yeah. not important, and if it's important to the kids, it matters. Instead, what the lib character says is, uh, when Kevin James is like, oh, you're a big football guy? He goes, no, I care about my stepson. Yeah. Which is like, 
Oh, great. <laughs> like, are they trying to make us not like this guy? Because that that line made me like him a lot. Yeah, which is and it's Texas, a Rob Schneider character. <laughs> like in Texas, I guess that's bad, but like fuck, dude, who I gives guess. a shit, man? Um, like, like he takes them out for ice cream after the game, even, which is like the biggest dad move to do. Like, hey, let's go get out. We're gonna go for ice cream after the game, but they try to make it bad because it's vegan ice cream. Well, it tastes then, pretty good if you've never had ice cream before. <laughs> but then he he brings it back with a pretty good joke. With he's like, it's gonna shut down in two weeks for sure. That's which I'm like funny. that like that's a funny joke actually. Yeah. yeah. From like sorry from a, like a dad making a joke, not a joke in a movie. It did not hit at all in this. Um. But uh, and then they continue the bit where he has to ask for money from uh, um, <laughs> from the kids. Yeah. From the kids, and I'm like. Dude, you're married to fucking Sean Payton's wife. Like, I think you're good. Yeah, I do like they they made him uh they made him drive a Subaru too, which I found funny. That is pretty. That good. that was correct. They they live in the most McMansiony of McMansions too, so they're not hurting for money. Um, although I hear that property is very inexpensive in Texas. Uh, I will point out the the place they actually live is like a, it's where like a bunch of PGA Tour people live on a giant golf course. They live in a hyper rich area. Yeah, that doesn't surprise um, me. But then again, uh, <clears throat> let's not forget they made this character just to make Sean Payton not seem so shitty. Yeah, um, it's just a foil for him. And it failed because it made him look worse. It made him look so much worse, and, and that's the thing. Like their their idea of what it means to be masculine, what it means to be a man in this movie is so messed up that it doesn't really have a clear message at all because clearly they're telling us that that the hippie vegan dad is not the way to be a man. But they give that guy good qualities. In the end, like, he doesn't get broken up with, he doesn't, he's not proven to be a bad stepdad or anything like that. They never resolve that to actually make that a, a good foil for what he shouldn't be or that that's not a good example of a man. Although, again, they are clearly making fun of it to try to say, like, this is not a man. And yeah, then and, you have the, and the thing that this is where I was coming from earlier about how they made Sean Payton look worse in this movie. than he actually is because I don't think he's a bad father in real life. His son is at a lot of games. He seems to be, you know close enough with him i don't know obviously but like there's pictures of him with his like you know four-year-old son at a football game after we're celebrating his son you know like tweets at him with those pictures being like happy birthday and stuff like that like they were not like sean Payne did not live on the other side of the country and never saw his son they all lived together just what they made it seem like yeah <laughs> like, well in the movie that's what he does yeah, it would be in this year that they get a divorce in real life. So it's like, I, I just think it's weird that they made him like such a shitty dad in this because like that's a pretty unforgivable thing in these movies. Yes. When, uh, that's the whole crux of the argument. Well, um, it doesn't have to be forgivable if you never say I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, that's true. He never does either. No, but I, I kind of back what I was saying about like what they, they give an example of what is a uh, uh, a bad example of masculinity. This is bad masculinity. But then they also have the pretty hyper-masculine football dads. Mm -hmm. And that is also portrayed to be a bad dad. To be a bad version of masculinity. 
Although, at the same time, they're kind of promoting that in some of the things that they want the football players to be. They want them to be unafraid of getting hit. They want them to be uh, very focused on winning. They want to, like, the only way to have fun is to win. Like, that that kind of, like... They actually do say, uh, we're doing this for fun, and you have fun by winning. That's, like, that's, it, that's, like, a direct line. Yeah, it is a direct um, line. And, yeah, the thing is, uh, the the... I don't know his name, but his uh, his personality is being fat in this movie. You know that character? Yeah, the the, um, the kid. Yeah, he orders pizza during practice. Um, so, and that's that's his only thing he does. Uh, but his he says at one point that his dad uh, just wants to relive his glory years, and instead of them being like it's okay if you don't want to play football, they just make him play until he's okay at football. He's he's never good. He just gets hit in the butthole by the ball over and over. Um, but uh, his, like, his dad's one of the ones who gets like all upset and angry. And yeah, like, and, and Marcos's dad, too, because Marcos starts off as a football player, and really Marcos is the best football player on the team. Starts off as quarterback. You just yeah. say football player over and over. And Oops, did I? I yep. meant quarterback. But then Kevin James takes him off as quarterback and makes him a running back instead. And we never see those dads learn a lesson either. Like, our kids have uh, their own place on the football team, and it's maybe not what we expected of them. We never get that payoff. So they are also presented as, again, they have an unresolved storyline, not a good example of what it means to be a man. But So I guess we're supposed to look at the other, the other maybe the coaches. Well, we have Gary Valentine's character, who is definitely not a good role model. Because he's literally drunk the entire time, yet they still yeah. allow him to be around kids. But he's yeah. celebrated at the end of the movie. So is that supposed to be one of our models of what it means to be a good man? Because he's given a present at the end by the kids. I. It is funny how dirty they do Taylor Lautner, because they give the yes. alcoholic guy a present. They give him a um, kickstand for his bike. Then they, uh, of course, uh, they... Uh, the bus driver who is a older black man who uh talks about how he had 14 injuries and had a jock itch when he played uh high school football but he was still great is uh ends up with the mom from earlier oh i didn't even see that yeah that's wow. I, I don't know oh did you not notice that they had no. the only two adults that were black uh get together at the, end of the movie even though they're Never had any age difference and yeah. never talk in the movie. Yikes. No, I didn't see that. Yikes. That's a big yikes. Yeah. Um, I'll get back to that a little bit later, too. <laughs> um, but, well, then we have Kevin James, right? Kevin James has another foil in the movie, and that's the coach of the porcupines. Alex, yeah. t tell me about the coach of the porcupines. I mean, he's awesome, uh, is why I started. great. <laughs> Uh, he's funny, he's charismatic, uh, he's energetic, he's fit. He's the coach Taylor Lautner would be if they let Taylor Lautner be uh, fun in this movie. Yeah. Um, and we're, honestly, are we not supposed to like him? Well, I don't think we're black? supposed to like him. Like, I don't the, I, think that that's we're the supposed only, to. I think they literally just show this is like a team entirely of black athletes with a black coach. Um, and they're better at the game than you. Yeah, but like, anyway, like, like, I don't I don't know what else it is because they're like they're like oh like this guy like they they're all like looking at him and even the news is like 
oh, maybe the Porcupines coach will be uh, running the Saints next year. <laughs> and everyone's like, yeah, that guy's got awesome, dude. Why? Why? He's hilarious. <laughs> uh, but I wasn't trying to make a point there about kind of the 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 weird racial politics in this movie because it's definitely some weird racial politics in this movie. Yeah. Um, I was trying to make a point about the masculinity there because juxtaposed with his kind of like a uh, bombastic, very like haha, like trash talking, but never in like a super like mean way never in a very mean-spirited way i didn't think um yeah i mean all right let me i i have real experience with this i can talk about it i didn't play football professionally but i was friends with people who did coaching and athletes there's a 50 percent chance that uh a person i know is going to be in the super bowl in like a three weeks whenever it is uh i worked with him but do you know what he didn't do is he didn't like hate people for no reason but he fucked around a lot and like made good jokes and like you know he I don't I, I I'm not gonna go out on limb and say he mustard shot anyone I don't remember if he was into that prank uh, but like <laughs> but then for when it comes to like coaching uh you've I think you've met coach once but uh, I'm not 100 percent sure but uh a person we call coach in our friend group literally a coach for a you know football team I don't want to say which uh. Uh, but, like, we shit-talk each other all the time when we play Marvel vs. Capcom in an arcade. Whenever we see each other, he looks at me, points, and then points down, because that's where the arcade was, and we'd show up five minutes later and play Marvel vs. Capcom for a while. We shit-talk a lot. It's aggressive. We push each other around. And it's never, like, demeaning like the way Sean Payton's character is. Yeah. Honestly, coach is very much like the Porcupines coach, where you can be very intense and serious, but it's always like for fun and good, you know. Well, I but, would even say like the, the 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 difference between the Porcupines coach, going back to the matter at hand, uh, or back to the movie, um, the Porcupines coach, who is much like that, like you like what you were describing, like with the the jovial kind of like pushing each other around like not but not in a mean way like a very like competitive but not mean-spirited that's what he was doing and there are several times where the camera pans to the porcupines coach and then to kevin james's character kevin james plays sean payton very cool in those scenes like power is how i would say yeah brooding which just chewing on his juicy fruit I don't know if the juicy fruit's a real thing, but like that is kind of he's a guy who stands there and looks like kind of serious. Like I've yeah. I've known that's his face. Well, um, but then it makes me think like I again, if I'm trying to get any message about about masculinity or what it means to be a good male role model in this movie, is it that you're not supposed i don't get it is that so, like you're supposed to remain cool and calm like I, but then at times like it just has no yeah it, it doesn't have any balance because no you, you have to remember while this guy is is showboating so are his athletes they they win the game yeah. so they should be they're having a great time and they all seem about it um there's a point where uh one of the actual good jokes of the movie is at the coin toss, uh, the Warriors win the coin toss, and one of the athletes say, that's the only thing you're winning tonight. Uh, and then, like, the rest like, yeah, that was an actual good one, and, like, laughs with them. 
Uh, and I'm like, yeah, that, like they're all having fun. They're maybe a little like. I think they're trying to play them as like the, you know, like the the Swedish team in Mighty Ducks. Yeah. But they don't come off like that at all. They oh. come off like, like the, at one point they say like, like those can't be twelve year olds. And I'm like, oh, they seem like twelve year olds. I don't know. Like, they don't Which... show the faces of anyone who's not a twelve year old. I mean, again, kind of big yikes if you're talking about 12-year-old kids and this team is predominantly black. Yeah, I mean, they they definitely purposely do that. But yeah, <laughs> like it's it like it was enough for like me to be like, wow, I cannot believe that an editor did not say like, hey, <laughs> take a look at the optics here. Uh, yeah, well, they only actually like show the face of like three of the other teams players and the one who's good at the game is like smaller than everyone else on yeah. the other team so you're yeah. like <laughs> it was a real like pedro San sanchez thing so i don't know oh, it was, pablo it was, sanchez my bad it was just a kind of a weird it, it was a pretty weird thing it like almost seemed purposeful um i i think without a doubt it was purposeful you don't make movies on accident yeah and I don't know. This is just one of those movies. Like, I don't know if the Happy Madison team can handle an actual based on a true story movie. They yeah. said that they did that with this with this one single scary Madison movie that we watched, but that was very loosely based on well, a real story. The, the Sandy Wernick was based on a real story, and that one was pretty oh, okay. Yeah, I guess, but that one was also kind of disjointed in many ways. But yeah. it was also based off of a funny person and scenario whereas whereas this movie is a redemption story for a real life person who probably doesn't need a redemption story um making him seem like the good guy and then ham fisting a bunch of comedy into it because the actual situation is not funny it's not the the basic story sean payton getting caught in the bounty gate and then going on to coach his son's football team that's not funny Whereas the Sandy Wernick story has a lot of actually funny stuff that happened in his yeah. life. Like, he was a weird dude. He was comedic. Yeah, I would, uh, I, I have to wonder, personally, if, uh, if Adam Sandler had any involvement in this one. I don't want to, like, be like, oh, I'm protecting him. But he's not even a producer on this. He's a producer like, on it. No, he's not. I saw him on the, as an executive producer. Yeah. Oh, I guess then yeah. maybe. He was listed. I saw his name. Well, is it, I maybe because it's his company then. But I was like, yeah. dude, I don't know. He's so far down there that I was looking for him on I have to stop looking at IMDb. Yeah, don't IMDb. trust IMDb right now. now. Yeah. Um yeah. Yeah, he's listed if... in the producers. He's listed as a producer, not an executive producer. Oh, okay. Can you believe though? I just can't believe no one's Maybe he he did show up and he said edit it out when you they say you can do it. I am so disappointed that Rob Schneider actually never said you can do it. I am kind of disappointed. It's like the only thing he does in football movies. Yeah. How it's, dare they? Yeah. Um. But yeah. So they they revise history. Uh. They had problems with their ego, problems with masculinity. Uh. They have a lot of right wing propaganda, which doesn't even work very well in this because it's so kind of disjointed. Um, oh, also, uh, number 10 
constantly gets concussions and they just skip over it, right? Do you notice uh, that? You know how they uh, spent they spent basically zero time on any of these sorry, kids. What, so the the good what what's the name of the good football player? I started writing Marcos. down the numbers. Marcos. Marcos. So when he gets hit, he lays on his back and his arms are frozen in front of him. You know, that's what happens when you have a horrible concussion and he does it twice when he gets hit big and they like skip over it. And I'm like, are you serious? Wow. Um, Yeah. A lot of this is just like, they really skip over the actual like terrible realities of some of the, like the real life stuff that happened and like also football and things that Sean Payton did. Cause like him attempting, like he put out like huge bounties on big players and some of them cut their career short because of it. Um, and there was talk of doing a class action lawsuit against the Saints at the time, and I don't know if they went through with it, but like they should have. Um, uh, you know, a thing that we didn't do that we usually do or oh. did, I think, was that with the Rotten Tomato score? Oh, have you looked at it yet? I just looked at it, and I, then I thought, like, oh, I All don't right. do that. I guess it's it's very new, so it's going to be a little messed up. Um. I'm giving it a 9% critic score um, okay. and a 50 on the audience. You're, which I think is astroturfed. It will be 20 later. You're low on the critic score, but you're high on the audience score. It's a 17% tomato meter. For Only audience? six reviews. Okay. Audience score is 38%. That's, you know, I'm, I'm also fewer, fewer than 50 ratings. That's, so that's like, I will be right. <laughs> we'll, now, check, we'll check it in a month. I will now, the right. single, the single positive review for the critics by Johnny Loftus of The Decider uh, is, he's wrong, he's wrong. Um, I'm going I'm to read the excerpt from this. Uh, and the excerpt is, because this is a kid's movie, the oh, toilet bowl humor is in balance with the lessons learned. The happy Madison players are also here for bench help. I agree with the last sentence, uh, but it's not a kid's movie, and there are no lessons learned. So, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what he's saying. That sounds uh, like a fake person. I, I, this is a real person. This is a real dude. His Twitter is... I'll, I'll give you his Twitter. I don't want to say his Twitter on our podcast. I already looked it up. I'm looking. Okay. Up. Um. Yeah, I just uh, for a redemption movie, there's no redemption because there's not any arcs. It's it's just not good. They mistreat basically every female character in the movie except for Jackie Sandler's character. Um. No, they they give her shit for. They remarry. they do they do give her a little bit of shit, but not as much as Chloe Fineman's character, and certainly not as much as uh, uh, De- Dennis. Dennis's mom, I think it's Dennis is his name. Maybe. And you know this this movie also does not pass the Bechdel test whatsoever. Yeah. Um, um all I know is the, the reviewer you're talking about does have high hopes for Heat 2. Apparently they're making a sequel to Heat which the idea that that would be a good movie is so fucking dumb. <laughs> and I love Heat. Let me point that out. Great movie. Heat 2 will be terrible. There's no way it won't be. Yeah. Yeah, I can't. 
I, I don't recommend this movie. Uh, I feel like it doesn't even, uh, it, it does fit in with the, of all the films that we've watched for this podcast, this film feels the most like Here Comes the Boom. And, and, but it feels more amateurish. Much more amateurish. It's like if you took all the stupid humor from Zookeeper and shoved it into Here Comes the Boom. Because Here Comes the Boom is about Kevin James is really cool. The movie's also about Kevin James is really cool, but he's also playing a real-life character. So we can't say too many bad things about this guy. Yeah. Is there anything else that we need to uh, go over before we close out? Sorry, I was tweeting at the guy who left a positive review asking him to change it. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, no, uh, movie's fucked. Uh, sucks ass. I really hated it. The kids did a really good job acting. I, yeah. I, I, I have nothing bad to say about the children actors in this movie. I think I they me, all did a great job. Let's, let's throw it back to Jamie Sandler. Jamie? Jared. Jared. Jared Sandler also great. Dude, dude is funny. <laughs> He's Naturally funny. funny. He, they try so hard to get the the perfect moment of eating the gross banana in Paul Blart Mall Cop 2 um, <laughs> where they have him just peeling eggs at one point and then smashing one on accident and then he's like one uh then he's like nibbling on bagels he he does some funny stuff um but like obviously he's maybe this is covid stuff but he's the only person working at a hotel and it like it just falls so flat the stuff with him um yeah it doesn't work well uh but like obviously he's doing everything he can with the material he's given um also multiple times they point out uh that like everyone around Sean Payton's poor except him, but like it's an extremely rich area and it doesn't make any sense. So yeah, they try they go out of their way to make Argyle seem like a very poor town. Um and it's just on. not. But they're like, uh the presidential suite's hundred and twenty five dollars a night, sir. Yeah, the and median income um the median income of a household in Argyle is $178,362. If I'm reading this graph right, yeah, and the individual median income is $63,391. If you don't know, median income is the best way to measure uh, a, a region's wealth because what it means is, like, instead of the average, like, 50% 50% of people are going to be below that mark and 50% of people are going to be above that mark. And that's high. Yeah. That's extreme. That's much higher than like Chicago. All right. Like the nice parts of no, a lot of parts of Chicago. Uh, Here, let me grab Chicago. I didn't yeah, even want to do the, Chicago as a whole because people think that Chicago is less. Uh, yeah. The, the median income of Chicago as a whole for a household is $58,247. Which is a third of Argyle's. Yeah. So I'll point out uh, Lincoln Park, which is the general area me and Jess live, which is known as. Oh, wow. I feel like you shouldn't be saying that. We live on the north side. (laughs) 
we live in Lincoln Park. I know, but everyone, okay, it's fine. That's fine. You, I, everyone who listens to this podcast probably knows us. So, I do you think they don't have our Twitter, Jess? Everyone oh, knows where we work. That's true. <laughs> medium medium household household income of Lincoln Park, Chicago, one hundred fifteen thousand. So, like, this is what people consider rich our area and it's not close to texas and texas is cheaper to live in so like um uh, of argyle texas there are parts of texas yeah. that are low very low income yes i know i used to live in one um but uh i was just saying for like th- this is like significantly more wealthy than like this area yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the medium income of the place I lived, 34,200. Yep, that's that's about par for the course in America, unfortunately. That is yeah. uh poverty essentially. Uh and that's the medium income, so that really sucks. Uh Yeah. But yeah, no, uh it is uh it is silly that they tried to make it seem poor. They did. Um, they tried to make it seem like a backwoods small town texas <laughs> it's so bad um although hey you can get a hotel room for under 100 bucks there i mean it's for today so it's not too interesting oh no point it's normally more expensive than they actually said in the movie well that was just that makes sense yeah it makes sense but yeah so there you go oh yeah. alex what are we we said that we were going to make our own Adam Sandler movies. All right. Um, I don't know where you are on yours. I've, I'm, mine's partially written. Uh, I, we really, we've been doing other stuff since. Um, yeah, we got married. Yep. That was a good time. We, we moved. Yep. Um, you started two new jobs since then. Uh, we, we made games. Ran a Kickstarter and are now completing the game for it. Yeah. Um, get, Still, Kevin James comes and ruins a day for us. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm glad that we had a chance to talk about this. I wish it was a better movie. And I really want more Adam Sandler adjacent movies to come out. I know that there's the one I'm really looking forward to, Spaceman, right? I think that's called. What is it called? Premium Spaceman. Yeah, I want to watch that. Yeah, that bad. one probably will be good. Um, but yeah, no, this movie is just stuck, dude. You might be wondering, dear listener, why we didn't review Hotel Transylvania, whatever they're on. But it's not Happy Madison anymore. That's just Sony. Well, it doesn't have Adam Sandler or it is also not Happy Madison. Yeah. So then we don't watch it. Yeah. So we have no reason to watch it. Yeah. yeah. I, do you know what I forgot? You used uh, to say a quote at the end of these. No, you used to say a quote at the beginning. No, no. You used to say the same quote and it's something I didn't find oh, funny. That's and I right. Can't remember it now. That's it. I'm done. I, yep. We're, we're, you, we're you, done. You don't, re- you don't remember how you end it. So I don't have a way to hang up. Oh, I take my wife. Oh, there we go. That was.